fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined tonight by a special guest, one Mr. Joey Ricotta. Sir, first off, how are you doing after a holy shit much-needed Cubs victory? Dude, I'm great. I'm great. This is, yeah, like you said, much-needed. Um, finally, it's over. Uh, we can we can move forward and get past this, hopefully, and you know, we're back on and hitting stride. I mean, you know, we saw, uh, not to get too far into it, but, you know, when you see Nico Horner and Andrew Chafin having a moment there after that uh, random little diving catch that he didn't have to make, <laughs> but he did have to make, um, but it was like routine. Uh, when you see a moment like that, it's like, you know, things are going well. So uh, I think this is exactly the type of game the Cubs needed. Mm-hmm. And we needed it as fans to finally just put this all this madness behind us because these last couple weeks, man, just ah, brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. And, and for for those that are joining, if you're like, why aren't they more excited? It's just because it's a little later and we're getting a little tired. But we're hyped. We're hyped, yeah. and I'm hyped to do this because I haven't done this in a while. For those that know, they know the W flag is on the hat. I'm excited. We're talking about an 8-3 Cubs win tonight, a much-needed victory because, uh, Joey, like you and I were talking about kind of off-air. I mean, going into this one, it it was a game that I think a lot of Cubs fans weren't sure about. You know, Zach Wheeler on the mound for the Phillies. For those that weren't, you know, maybe aren't like full league followers, which I understand because, you know, it happens. But Zach Wheeler probably putting together, you know, top five pitcher right now in the game in terms of how his season's gone. I mean, he was six and four coming into tonight. You know, Mills on the mound, which I don't think people were as as scared about. I think Mills has been pretty good overall so far in the starting role um, this season. But you were just like, holy hell, like, let's just at least get a couple out of this thing and see what happens. And sure enough, the Cubs do some damage. They get seven runs off of Wheeler. Granted, I think only four were earned. Correct. Only four were earned, but still... I mean, anytime you get that many runs off an elite starter, you're in you're in a good spot. So I guess that's a great place to start, right? Because it really felt like, yeah. you know, you mentioned like Nico and, and Chafin having the moment. The vibes were there, but like Nico had a good night. I mean, just looking at the box score right here, you know, Peterson two for four. Um, you know, Bryant was technically 0 for 2, but he scored a run. You know, Wisdom was one for two tonight. Rizzo was two for four. Contreras was one for four. Hayward one for four. Nico two for four. You know, it really felt like pretty much everybody minus Alcantara and Mills, you know, had hits yeah. in this game. You know, so it, it wasn't really a team collective effort just getting the offense going tonight and getting those eight runs. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly right. Like the first inning, it, it felt like you had to jump on him early because if you don't, you know, you're going to get that kind of mindset going of mm-hmm. can we hit? Can we hit this guy? This guy's killing the league. Like you said. One of the top pitches in the game this year. I mean, he – I put out a tweet that I think he had, like, in his last 14 starts, this is only the second time that he hasn't made it through six innings. That's I crazy. mean, just one of the most durable pitchers and, uh, you know, consistent pitchers in the league. He had a 2.05 ERA coming in tonight. Um, when you get that type of the action early on in the game, the bats coming through, I mean, you had back-to-back-to-back two-out RBI hits, I believe. Mm, things you love to see. Ooh, yeah, Ron, I am excited. You you talked me into it. Now I'm back and I'm excited again. I mean, I was excited before, but like you said, we're a little tired. It's a little late. We talked a little bit longer off air than we were probably supposed to. But, um, man, this is this feels great. That, that first inning, 
you had to do it. I mean, Wilson Contreras hit the ball hard in the first inning, just mm-hmm. right at the, you know, and KB, you know, like you said, he didn't really have like hits in this game or anything, but he still was making things happen. He, he ran that ball out and he, great base running by him in the first inning because mm. uh, the outfielder really kind of deked him out, tried to deke him out uh, by acting like he was like he had a play on the ball and he yeah. didn't. And then KB read that and got there. And then he avoided getting doubled up mm-hmm. on that uh, Contreras smash. So that was just a great first inning, man. I that, Not much else you could say about that first inning. And, of course, they piled it on a little bit after that, too. Yeah. And, I, well, and, and to your point, right, about that first inning, like I think back, if I remember correctly, to I believe it was Monday's game where the Cubs had bases loaded in the first inning and couldn't get anything out of it. And, you know, we saw it then in Tuesday's game for the Phillies, obviously, on the other side, first inning, Grand Slam, McCutcheon, 4-0, right out the gate. So, like, you know, first inning runs really are a momentum shifter for teams. And if you can get up early on anybody, it doesn't matter who the hell you're playing. I don't care if it's the Pittsburgh Pirates or it's, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of standings. But you get that early lead and it gives you that confidence going into this one. And I agree with you, you know, KB legs out. Uh, the, the ball that he hits to Gregorius, you know, the throw's not in time, obviously doesn't count as a hit. I'm pretty sure it registered as an error. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he, he gets to second base. Unfortunately, you know, almost gets doubled up. Thankfully, he didn't. Uh, the, the umps made the right call when they went back and looked at it. And then, you know, he scores. Again, that elite KB base running. If there's, if there's one thing, don't get me wrong, right? The Cubs have plenty of guys that can hit home runs and drive in, you know, players and, and play good defense and play around the yard. Obviously Bryant does it well, you know, in all those categories, but KB's base running might be like the most underappreciated trait that man has, because I love Absolutely. watching him run the bases because he's, he doesn't look fast quote unquote, but like he's just so damn big and long that like he covers so much ground and nobody realizes it. And he's so yeah. good. And like you said, you know, he scores, right. And then they just keep it going. And, and for those that, again, maybe that didn't see the game tonight or just need a refresher. We'll take you through it here really quick. Like we mentioned, bottom of the first, Jason Hayward, a little bloop single uh, scored Chris Bryant, uh, as we mentioned, and got Anthony Rizzo to third. That made it one Oh, Nico Horner then came up and singled down the line uh, to right field that scored Rizzo Hayward advanced the third. Again, the Cubs just going first to third, like they've always done so well. Uh, and then even Rafael Ortega got in in on the action. He singled uh, up the middle. Hayward scored. Nico advanced the second. Cubs get three early runs. Bottom of the second, Anthony Rizzo hits his third triple of the season. Fun fact: uh, with Jock Peterson on base, uh, that scores Jock and made it four to nothing. And then Wilson Contreras came up right after him and scored Rizzo, made it five nothing. As we mentioned uh, off air, but we'll mention now on air, uh, Phillies made it a little interesting. Top of the sixth, they're able to get three quick runs. A Bryce Harper double with Real Muto on base scored him, and that made it five to one. And then McCutcheon hit his 15th home run of the season with Harper on that made it five three. But the Cubs come through in the bottom of that same inning, exactly the type of response that you would hope from this team. Uh, Jock Peterson single uh, drives in Nico Horner with Ian Happ advancing the second after a Horner single and a Happ walk, uh, which at that point, as you mentioned, you know, Wheeler not getting through six innings, that Happ walk actually ended his night. Uh, And then Patty Wise, who came into the game for Chris, which by the way, for those that maybe haven't read on Twitter uh, reportedly it's cramps and they just were being precautionary with them. And they just said, Hey, we're up five, nothing. You're coming out of the game. It's cool because we got the handsome bastard. And 
<laughs> Let's just be honest. That dude's a good-looking human being. But Patrick Wisdom, fourth double of the season, that scored both Hap and Peterson. That made it 8-3, to three, and that was all she wrote because then uh, Chafin, two shutdown innings in the seventh and eighth, and then Kimbrough comes in in the ninth uh, and closes the deal. So, I mean, dude, just it, it really it just felt like a complete game. A great start from Mills. Great hitting all around from this entire lineup. Again, it wasn't just one guy really leading the charge tonight. Obviously, a couple guys more hits than others, but collective team effort from this entire lineup. The bullpen gets the job done. Brothers gets out of a jam there in the sixth. Chafin puts the load on his shoulders for two innings, and then Kimbrell for the first time, uh, other than that one out he recorded against the Reds since literally the freaking combined no-hitter. Yeah, uh, he gets the job done in, in the ninth, and it just ah, the streak is over. The losing streak is done, and it's just so nice. It, it feels so much Breathe. better. Again, it feels so much better seeing this little W hat patch here because uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Joey. If you and I were doing this after a loss, I would be a miserable piece of shit, and it would <laughs> not be fun. So it's, I'm glad they I'm won. Here. I'm really am. I'm really glad they won. No, listen, dude, it, it's it's incredible. Obviously, like you said it's a collective effort. I mean, all the way up and down the lineup. The bullpen was nails. Uh, Mills had a really good outing, too. And there's the, the all-important shutdown innings. Mm. I mean, my yes. my God, after those those runs that you got in the first inning, boom, shuts them down, top half of the second, runs in the bottom of the second, shuts them down, top of the third. He pitched a good game. You know, yeah, he ran into trouble there uh, towards the end of his outing. And like we said, you, you know, McCutcheon, that, get that pest out of here. Um, <laughs> that dude just just rakes against the Cubs. He's a lifetime 304 hitter with like 28 bombs and just less than 100 RBIs and like a full season's worth of games. I mean, 163 games against them. But, dude, that's like a great season with like 28 steals against the Cubs too. That's a great season for any player. And he just does that against the Cubs for his career. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's a Cub killer. We can, I'm pretty sure we can just go ahead and say that at this point. He's a Cub killer. But, um, yeah, I mean, and look who shut him down. Andrew Chafin. Mm-hmm. Chafin shut him down later. So, you love to see it, man. Love to see it. This this team, like, finally they needed something to get that the monkey off their back. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they did. And they were breaking out last night. Two, I mean, the 10 runs, that's no joke. So, you know, yeah, so a lot of that you can say that's garbage time, whatever. They, they showed fight, though, and that's what I like to see. I, I think it's always great when you got guys running out balls, you know, even like late in that game yesterday. I mean, it wasn't like like the effort has been there with this team. The effort oh, has yeah. been there. And that's that's one thing that's like with this whole losing streak, you just felt like it was just right around the corner. It was, was going to snap eventually. It's baseball. It's a long season. Yeah. You know, we've never we, – well, we have seen stuff like this. But, I mean, like this is a pretty historic uh, losing streak the Cubs are on. I mean, putting their names in the hat with some other really bad Cubs teams Yeah. Uh, historically. So, <laughs> with this team, you don't expect that. You don't expect them to go on this type of a losing streak. So, now that you can kind of – you can finally get your big guns in there at the end, like Kimbrel finally pitching, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say it's because of me, but I did change my profile pick to Craig Kimbrel uh, <laughs> before this game. And, like, I was doing this whole losing streak. Well, not the whole losing streak of the last few games. I've been changing my profile pick to make it different every game because you got to find that right one. you got to find that winning profile pick. And I think – 
I found the one. It's Craig Kimbrell doing the, you know, his, his pre-pitch. His little, his little arm dangle that he does. I'll tell yeah. you what, man. I've always been a firm believer of this because, you know, you and I were talking. We, we were both athletes in our lives. Um, it's only weird if it doesn't work. And um, I think every athlete has those weird superstitions that they do. And, it, it, again, you might not be superstitious, but you might be a little stitious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's just kind of how it works. You know, like, hey, when I played football, I the left sock always went on before the right sock and the left cleat always went on before the right cleat. Don't ask me why, but that's just how it was. You know, like it, it's those little things. You just got to find what works. And yeah, man, I mean, if that's what works, it finally worked. It, it snapped, like you said, a really historic Cubs losing streak. I mean, they were talking today. I saw, um, I don't even remember who posted it, but the last time the Cubs had this kind of losing streak was they, you know, they relied on the arm of Randy Wells. Let's throw that name out there. Oh um, man, to break that streak. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like you said, we're talking. I want to say like 2012. I think it was or 2011. It was one of the two. I think it was tw- actually it's 2011. No hitter. He might have. I'm not, not sure. Maybe I would have not. to look that up. Hey, but Randy Wells had a, a nice little career with some really bad Cubs teams. But um, no, it was actually funny because they trotted, they put out today, somebody put out the lineup of the game that they slapped, snapped an 11 game losing streak. I think it was 2011 or 2012. And it was like, you know, Brian LaHare was playing first base and, um, you know, Castro was in at short. Uh, who else? Um, Caselli was catching, I think. I think if you remember those days, he was like the fourth catcher on those teams, if I remember correctly. Mm. I mean, it was a it was a pretty bad lineup. If we're just being brutally honest here, Ian Stewart was playing third base. That's the, that's the fun days of uh, Cubs baseball. Yeah, and I like I'm not even <laughs> and I'm not even kidding because Paul Mahalam was on the mound. Uh, I might have actually been at that game because I saw Paul Mahalam start like four games for the Cubs, and he was only here for half a season. So. Um, wow, wow. It's it's weird. It's it turned one of into the Braves, right? Uh, I believe so. I believe it was oh, the Braves. Wow. Yeah. yeah, made a lot of trades with the Braves at that time. Uh, he was actually he, pretty decent, though. He was. Oh, I wow, I'm was pretty, pretty sure I saw like three Paul Mahalam wins that season, and it was I think they only won like sixty, like high sixties, low seventies games. So um, <laughs> that should just go to show, you know, how that worked. But I mean. Like you said, man, I mean, historic streaks that this team was like starting to get up there with. So it's just, it's not like you said, it's nice to get the monkey off the back. It's, it's nice to just be talking about a win. And again, there wasn't really, I, Juice and I always joke. And for those that are listening, whether live still here uh, or on the podcast, you've heard Juice and I joke about this. We talk about boring Cubs games and how when the podcast is slightly boring, it means the game itself went really well because there's nothing to bitch about. Yeah. And that's kind of how tonight's game felt because, you know, Alec Mills, and I think this is something we can talk about a little more in depth here. And I would love to get your, your take on Alec Mills because, you know, he comes in, pitches a great game again, uh, you know, back-to-back great starts for him. You, you get, you know, Rex brothers comes in. I, admittedly, I don't understand the, the, the love connection that David Ross has the brothers, but I don't get it either. We got to get into I, that though, too. Cause I, I can't, that's been one thing that the lately, like the last few games, it's and I don't mean to yeah. cut you off at all, but like, why is he in the every single game and every single yeah. critical moment? It feels like lately, Rex Brothers is in there, and he was good earlier earlier in the season, but lately, I mean, yeah, he, he came through tonight. So yeah. saying that, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it's it's hard to like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But of course. Yeah. And I feel that I, I feel where you're going with that too. Cause like, and, and that's, I'll, we'll, we'll circle back there here real quick, but 
you know, like brothers comes in, gets the job done, Chafin, Kimbrough, like they're again, I, I don't have a lot to bitch about in this game, which is great. I, I'm right. I'm happy. We're talking about a win and we can actually highlight the good things that happened. But let's let's talk about brothers here for a second then and, and then we can we can try to back uh, to the guy before him then in Mills, because I do want to talk about Mills and highlight him as well. But I, I get brothers is one of the few lefties in this pen. I, I know that's a big reason as to why he gets used a lot. Um you know, unfortunately, they just don't have a ton of lefties. But if we're being honest, um, I guess, can we call him a friend of the program? Maybe we can call him a friend of the program. He's interacted with us on Twitter. He now follows us on Twitter, which is pretty sweet. Too. I know where you're but going. Like, I want to see Brad Wick in the game. Yeah. Brad Wick's a badass. He you know what I mean? Like, Brad Wick is just that dude. He's huge, first off. The dude looks like a freaking NBA small forward. But, he's like 6'10 or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think officially, I think he's like 6'7 or 6'8. Like, he's huge. I mean, he's literally huge. And it just, it seems like every time he comes in, he's good. And it's like, again, I get it. You know, Brothers is experienced. He has a lot of, you know, career time in the league and things like that. But, like, I don't understand the love that Ross has for Brothers because he's used him a lot this season. And granted, like you said, earlier in the season, he was really, really good. Like, mm-hmm. almost like underappreciated good. But lately, he's had some slip-ups, and now it's like, ah. He's coming back down to, like, where yeah. he's supposed to be, I think. You know, like, it, yeah. he can still be a quality pitcher in this pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I think he, there's definitely a spot for him, and, and you're going to need him in some instances. Right. But I don't want it to be relied on, or every game relying on, you know, Rex Brothers. I would love to see a lot more Brad Wick. That guy's mm-hmm. so dominant. I don't even think he's allowed to earn run all season. Yeah. I don't think he has, but I will confirm that for you. Keep continue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please check it. Um, but he's striking guys out like left and right. I mean, he's got that power fastball. He's got nasty stuff. I mean, when he's on, I mean, we've seen him in the past where he's been pretty good, but then he kind of comes back down to earth too. So I'm hoping that this isn't like we're gonna see something similar here with Brad Wick soon, and I don't ever, I don't want to speak that into existence. So nobody come after me if that happens. But I'm just saying, I'm really excited where where it is right now, where he is, where his game's at. Yeah, um, and I, I, I really want to see him in those higher leverage roles. Uh, Ross, please start to utilize him that way because he's pitching like he's a high leverage type of reliever. So yeah. when you have that, oh, and by the way, I forgot to crack him. We've been on here for I don't know how long. Your very warm beer that we were joking about before. Yeah, it's already. It's. I mean, it's okay. a little bit of cool coolness, but it's it's pretty warm now. No, I feel that. But anyway, go ahead. I was gonna say, as you take your first sip of your lovely beverage, yeah. uh, Brad Wick, fifteen games this season. Uh, like you said, no earned runs, seventeen innings of work, twenty eight strikeouts in those seventeen innings. Like he's been very good. Um, and I think too, to your point, right? You, you mentioned brothers in those high leverage situations. I think we kind of went through this same argument and and kind of experience, I guess, for lack of a better term, with Justin Steele earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. He came in and kind of those garbage time moments looked really, really good, and we're like, okay, when do we see him in a high leverage situation? Then they finally did start using him there and he succeeded unfortunately he just got hurt so i think once he comes back i think with still keeping wick in the pen i think they should keep wick up even when oh yeah you know steel eventually comes back but then once that happens and you have three lefties in the pen like i think you will see then a little less of brothers i think right now it's just like the hey he's the guy that knows those high leverage situations steals hurt wick really hasn't done a ton of pitching in those high leverage situations just yet 
So maybe they're just, again, and I get it, you know, Ross is a young manager still too. And like who he trusts and feels comfortable with, you know, brothers has kind of been there, done that. And experience does help, especially as a relief pitcher. So I understand that need. Thankfully tonight, you only had to get one out and then you're able to turn the ball over to, to Chafin for two innings who, again, admittedly hasn't gotten a ton of work either recently because of the losing streak, you mm-hmm. know, and then obviously get the ball to Kimbrell there in the ninth. So, um, things you love to see, you know, out of the pen, but it's just really weird with Rex brothers and, and the love affair that, that Ross has with them. But I think right now it's a little circumstantial and I hope that's the case. You know, I think once we see steel come back, maybe if they start to use wick a little more, I maybe agree. all of a sudden now that narrative with, with brothers changes, but again, on the topic of pitchers, Alec Mills was just freaking fantastic. I'm trying not to drop F bombs. I'm really bad about it on these shows, but I mean, he looks really, really good. It just continues just great outing after great outing. Didn't look great coming out of the pen early in the season, obviously then got hurt for a little while was gone. He just, he seems like a pitcher that just does better in a starting role. And I mean, right now he, he, other than maybe Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies, and I would say are obviously, you know, Adbert because just, he's the young upcoming stud, but really outside of like, the kind of for sure guys in this like he he deserves to stay. I don't think oh, Williams no or Arietta or anybody of that nature should get a position in the rotation over Mills just because he's been that good in his last you know four starts now that he's had this season. Yeah, no question. I mean, look at it again tonight, Ron. Like, dude, he didn't. He only walked one batter and he struck out five. I'm not saying like he's not he's not a strikeout guy by any means. Like nobody's looking at him like that. He's another Kyle Hendricks ish type. You know, town that same kind of bloodline, you know, yeah. pitchers that we have. Ish is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they're different in a lot of ways, too, you know. But, sure. but yeah, you know, they are similar to their own to an extent, I guess. I mean, of course, like, nobody's Kyle Hendricks, so we can't really say that. But, um, but no, man, another great outing for him. He's been He's been really, really just under the radar good lately, I think, because, uh, you know, like I put out that the article today, obviously the Arietta one, which pained me to write as a longtime, uh, you know, lifelong Cubs fan, longtime Arietta fan. We all loved what he did for the organization. I think we all kind of saw it coming this season. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe you get lightning in a bottle. You, you, I think that's what the, the Ricketts were hoping for there. And I don't mean to get off on like some tangent here, but um, I, you know. Alec Mills, he deserved a rotation spot, I think, coming into the season. I was like, how does he not get a rotation spot? Then with the additions of, you know, Trevor Williams and Jake Arrieta, it's like, okay, well, who are they going to cut out? It's pretty obvious they're probably going to cut out Alec Mills, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but Edward like, admittedly, I wasn't sure if he was ready or not coming into the season. I thought maybe he doesn't start with the roster, but he had to. Yeah. So, I mean, it, may, it makes sense that they did that. Um, so anyways, but back to Alec Mills, you're right, man. You're right. He's better in a starting pitching role. I think it, better starting games, you know, out of the bullpen, it's clear that he wasn't happy out there. He didn't want to be out there to begin right. with. And they even mentioned it. I think on the broadcast, he's a guy that really likes to be relied on. You know, mm-hmm. he likes that the team is counting on him. He likes that they have to, that they need him to perform well. He, yeah. he like likes these moments. If you got a guy that likes these moments or likes when he's being relied on, he's not just going out there like, oh, I hope I get it done today. 
that's what you want. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you want as a starting pitcher. And even if he is like technically like a four or five, number four or five in the rotation, who cares? If he's going to give you five, six innings of, of quality pitching, you know, three runs. If he gives you six innings, five, six innings, three runs every time, I'll take that out of a number four, number five pitcher all day long. And I hope he comes to the next game with the Looney Tune costume or uh, whatever, whatever it was, uh, the Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam because he looked absolutely incredible in that thing. So whatever. Anyways, no, it was it was it was great, man. I love to see what Alec Mills is doing right now. Yeah, and I, I really enjoy watching Alec Mills. And like you said, I mean, he goes five and two thirds tonight. Like you said, only walks one, strikeout five. He did the exact same thing against Cincinnati last week. Five and two thirds, only mm-hmm. walks one, but he struck out nine. Now, granted, could have been a little bit of the umpire that that dude in Cincinnati was absolute horseshit, but. <laughs> Nonetheless, we'll take the nine strikeouts. But again, what I always liked about Mills and 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 what I continue to like about him is, you know, everybody obviously calls him like Hendricks 2.0, right? But the difference being Hendricks rarely touches 90. Like he hovers in that like 87 to 89 range with the fastball. Mm-hmm. Obviously the elite changeup that, you know, hovers in the low 80s, sometimes even high 70s. And then his hook is usually in the you know high to mid 70s. So the range of speed in his stuff is is large enough, but it's not crazy. With Mills, he can throw that hook so much slower than Hendricks does. And he can throw his fastball harder than Hendricks does. So it almost it makes his speed gap between all of his pitches larger, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. he's hitting 66, 65, 67 with that curveball. But he tops out at 90, 91 with the fastball sometimes. That's quite a large, you know, difference in speed that these hitters have to see. And I think that's what makes him effective as a starter is because, you know, if if he's missing with a pitch, even at the speed it's missing, it still looks different enough that it's going to screw with a, a hitter's psyche a little bit. You know, that, that hook's coming in at 67, you know, that fastball's coming in at 91 with some action. And then when he does throw the changeup, the changeup, you know, usually hovers in the high 70s. So even the, the difference between his fastball, the changeup, and then changeup the curve is large enough where, like, it really can keep a hitter off balance. And again, like you said, you know, yeah. we're not sitting here saying he's a number one or two pitcher on, you know, a great team. But even as a four and a five guy, like, if you're going to get quality, and again, obviously tonight didn't go down as a true quality start, quote unquote, statistically, but if you're going to get a good outing from him every single time out as a four or five pitcher, it's all you're asking. And that's what he did tonight. And that's what he did his last outing. And even in his four innings against the Dodgers, when he only gave up two runs, he did that then. So, like, this, he just, like you said, he, he, he likes to be relied on. He comes out, he gives you a good outing, at least, you know, five to six innings. And that's all you can ask for. And if he keeps you in the game, that's all you want out of him at this point. Because, you know, that was – I mean, really, that's been the, the Cubs' Achilles heel. Let's be honest. Like, the offense, yes, has been streaky at times, but still good. Mm-hmm. The the bullpen, even with being, you know, worn down and taxed, has still been good overall. This rotation has been the Achilles heel of this Cubs team. And we're seeing it night in and night out, right? I mean, you know, Williams comes back, the you know, last night and gets tattooed against the Phillies. Arietta gets tattooed, you know, pretty much ever since April, for being entirely honest. You know, Hendricks has been good more so lately, but even he was beat up a little bit early in the season. Davies, same thing as, as Hendricks, pretty much, you know, both kind of beat up early in the season, but really settled in nicely. 
it's nice. It's a breath of fresh air, really, yeah. seeing Mills doing what he's doing, where it's just like, hey, man, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to give you at least five, hopefully six good innings. You know, I'm not going to strike out 12 batters, but hey, I'll get, you know, five, six, seven guys. I'll, I might only walk one or two, you know, and I'm only going to give up maybe three runs at most. And, and that's the thing, too, like just expanding on what you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, the way that he pitches, I mean, yeah, okay, he got five Ks tonight or whatever. I think it was career high last time, the nine. Yeah, with the nine, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, like you're saying, the, the pitch speed changes, like, like all that, and the pitch to contact that he does along with – he's pretty efficient. I mean, yes. he works – Quickly, or I mean, I don't know. Quickly is the word. He no, he does. He does work quickly too. He, does like, he doesn't quickly, waste time in between pitches. He just gets up there and just rears up and throws. But he's effective though. Like he, mm-hmm. like he's pitching with a purpose, and it's not just like I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to go after these guys. And I like the the way that his sinker was really moving tonight. I mean, that sinker, it's, it really does move a little bit more than I was than I originally thought. Like coming into this season, yeah. Or from what I had remembered, I mean. That sinker was moving pretty well, and like the change of speeds, as you mentioned, uh, you know that's one thing that sometimes our other pitchers kind of uh, struggle with. Like they don't know what to use against like left-handed batters, for instance. Like when it comes to Albert Alzali, you know, love the guy. I think he's going to be great, but doesn't have a third pitch. You know, a- Alec Mills. Like right now, he's pretty much just fastball slider for Alzali. Alec Mills. You know, like you said, he's got those four pitches really that he kind of can can show whenever he wants to. Even though you know he he was like sixty percent sinker, I think tonight something like that. Which so he's pretty heavily using that pitch, but he did mix in you know changeups and all that too. So yeah, I mean this type of outing though, you know, not to go down like a huge long spiel about it again, but I. Mm-hmm. I think he could be really serviceable for this team. And, you know, maybe for, you know, next year or whatever. Like, you need a number four, number five. This could be a guy that we actually are, like, we're looking back at him. Next year we're looking at this and we're saying, wow, like, he's just really underrated. I mean, look at Kyle Hendricks, just for example. Because I I don't want to compare apples to, you know, it's not apples to apples, whatever. But we didn't think he was anything when he first started pitching. Like, nobody – he wasn't a highly thought of prospect or anything. He was just this guy that knew how to pitch, like really just knew how to pitch and locate. We could be looking at him next year with a completely different lens and like, wow, this guy's actually better than anybody thought. Yeah. And I think think he got some disrespect coming into the season too because, you know, he was so good really, I mean, for the Cubs last year. The only times he really ever got beat up was when they would pitch him and Hendricks back to back, whether whoever went first or second. But mm-hmm. usually in the same series, you don't want those guys going back to back, and they would They're do too that similar. Yeah, too, they were too similar. Yeah. So, you know, that was the only time he really ever got beat up. Otherwise, he was very good last year for the Cubs, and I think he just got became much of an afterthought because of you know the additions of Williams and Arietta and things like that. But I, I really do think you know going into next season, you have a lot of money coming off of this payroll. And this is obviously something that we're going to beat to death come, you know, October and later, sure. but like, let's say they go out and spend on an, uh, on an arm. Um, I'm going to speak it into existence. Maybe a Marcus Stroman. Cause I would love to see Stro show in a Cubs. Oh, uniform. he'd be great in a Cubs uniform. I got his blue Jays Jersey chilling in my closet right now. If he comes to the Cubs, I will be the first person in Chicago that owns a Marcus Stroman Jersey. Like that is one of my favorite baseball players in the entire league. But 
like you get a guy like him, let's say, or another like good free agent pitcher. Let's just, let's, you know, hypothetically say here, realistically, Davies is probably traded at the deadline, the way the team's trending, unfortunately, right now. And we'll save those somber thoughts for our all-star week episode when Mm -hmm. we don't have games. Um, But let, you know, let's say Hendricks isn't dealt because uh, I pray to God Hendricks isn't dealt, but he's in your rotation next year. Alzale is for sure in your rotation. Mm-hmm. But like, if you have him, Alzale, and Mills is it kind of your three going in next year, and you got to fill two slots, and you can fill with a free agent acquisition or a trade acquisition, and then either maybe another free agent trade acquisition or somebody in house, say a Keegan Thompson, if you think he's ready to get some starts, yeah. just steal somebody of that nature. Yeah, this I, I think be in better, better shape than you thought. Yeah, exactly. They're it's they're in better position than you would think they would be. Mm-hmm. Also, like it's it's a solid building block. I yes. guess like you can you can put that that together and and like you like you said you could have a Strowman or somebody from free agency. You know, I mean, I don't know if they're willing to spend that kind of money. That's the thing. Like what they're gonna do. I mean, there's money coming off the books, of course, but where are they gonna put the money? That's the biggest sure. question. Of course, but. Yeah, man. I don't know. We'll have to see. Like, you know, you mentioned Davies. I mean, he might even be back next year. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, like that. And then you get like this kind of situation where we had, where we have going right now, where it's like three pitchers are pretty much the same. Right. Like with Hendricks, Davies, and Mills. And then like, what, you're just going to have two power guys in between them? I mean, you could do that. You know, sure, you could definitely put like two power pitchers in between them, but or two different, you know, bat missing type of pitchers like an Alzali and somebody else in between. Sure, but I don't know. It's just ideas, I guess. It's it's a good it's a good it's it's a good process to have. I think for us as fans too, looking at it and saying, hey, you know, I can see where this is going, and I can see the development here, and. You know, of course, those guys I really want to see Steele get in, get a shot. I want to see Keegan Thompson get a shot in the rotation. Those two guys, man, and even Corey Abbott, he hasn't pitched that well, like with the big league club, or even really in the minors this year. But he's pitched. I think he started like eight games. All eight of his games in the minors have been starts. Yep. And he's That's pitching right. like five innings just about every time. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy that can give you length. I don't know. This is just like now I'm kind of opening it up to like the what are they going to do with the Arietta spot, I guess, now right. that we know that he's, uh, you know, hamstring tightness. Yeah, right. Injured, hamstring. quote unquote. Yeah, we, we knew it was coming. Something was coming. Yeah. But it was either DFA or it was going to be that. And, you know, they chose this route. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's, it's yeah. whatever it is that you decide to do. Maybe he'll be back after the All-Star break. We don't know. I kind of have a hard time seeing that happen, but yeah, you know. or and maybe maybe he gets relegated to a bullpen role because I mean, mm-hmm. and everybody's gonna laugh at me. Oh, you think he's gonna be good out of the bullpen? Yeah, he gives you a good first inning. He just gets tattooed in the second inning. So <laughs> fuck it, if he can. Give well, you this a- last time the first inning wasn't so good though. But well, sure, but yeah, but, you know, normally. Yeah, but but again, if guys don't know what they're going into with him, and he can mm-hmm. be a little more fresh and maybe overthrow per se in one inning of work versus six or trying to go like four, five, or six, you know, with an older arm like that, maybe he provides more more value to the Cubs as a bullpen arm. 
And there, I don't think there's any shame in that because let's be honest, if, if he can come in in the seventh inning and give you a good seventh inning to get you to guys like Chafe and Tapera and, you know, assuming Kimbrel's here after the deadline, which he won't be, but like right. <laughs> if he can get you though, to those back end arms, you know, whoever it is, you know, even if it's a guy like Justin Steele in a month and a half, like that's good. That's helpful to the team. That's worth the money that you paid him. At least he's not worth the money right now being in a rotation spot, going ending in two thirds every fucking time he comes out, giving up six runs and just hindering your ball club. But if he can come out and overthrow a little bit and maybe get a little more power on all of his pitches and a little more movement because he's willing to kind of quote unquote, waste his arm for an mm-hmm. inning. You know, maybe, maybe that's where he finds his value. And maybe that's where, you know, like you said, a guy like a Keegan Thompson steps into the rotation. And I've, I've been joking. I've been joking about that since April. I'm like, when do we see a guy like Keegan Thompson get a, a spot start at least one. And even Corey Abbott, like you said, I mean, he got recalled today because of the Arietta move. So he is on the roster. Now he's got right. 64 K's to 18 walks. I believe in the minors, he, it is eight starts. I that's the impressive part to me. I think. Yeah. That's, he's got a very part. good K to yeah. K to walk ratio. And yeah. like, and that's the crazy thing too, is like a lot of people don't realize with him is like, and you were, you nailed it by the way. And the only reason I know that status, cause I wrote the article earlier, but it is eight starts. That's his eight games. Oh, okay. in the minors. Um, you know, he's got like a, I think he's got like a five or it's a four something ERA. I think it's a four thirty two ERA, but his K to walk ratio is pretty good. I mean, 64 K like to 18 walks. of his minor league career too, or yeah. K minus walk ratio, whatever it is. Yeah. Really, that's that's impressive though, because if you can if he's getting better in that department, of course it's not big league pitching, but you know, if he's getting better in that department, there's something there that okay, maybe you know he's he just needs to get more experience at the big league level. It's not necessarily that he can't pitch at this level, it's just you know, when you don't pitch much at this level, you have a figuring out process. I mean, even the top prospects. Most pitchers that come up, they they struggle early on in their career. Look at guys like Logan Gilbert. He struggled early on. I mean, like Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coar, all these guys that have come up this year, a lot of them, they struggle Mm -hmm. early on. Those are like top prospect type of guys. So just got eventually you just gotta roll these guys out there, the Thompsons, the Steels, the the Abbots, and say, Hey, you know, put your feet to the fire, jump off, like just just get off the bus. Here you go. It's your time. Like, you, you know, you're taking the training wheels off and you just got to do it. Like, you got to get through these like five starts or whatever. And we'll see where you're at after that, you know? Right. No. And, and I completely agree with you. And I'd like to correct myself. His 432 ERA is his major league ERA, not his minor league ERA. I think he is in the okay. fives. He's, yeah. Uh, it's not, I knew it wasn't good, but yeah. It's not great, but, but it's not atrocious either but i mean he's also only 25 so like let's you know like you said he just hasn't had a lot of big league experience pitching and this mm-hmm. he was a minor league pitcher of the system i believe in 2019 if i remember correctly um so he's no joke yeah. right he's not some slack job dude they're just it's a it's, he's not just a warm body on the roster like there's something there with Corey abbott and he just somehow needs to tap into that. And hopefully, who knows, maybe in this time they use him a little more. He gets to pitch in some high leverage situations, kind of like what happened with Justin Steele and with Keegan Thompson. And like mm-hmm. they warm these guys up and they get used to pitching at the big league level and, and learn how to pitch to big league hitters. And you never know. Crazy shit can happen, uh, you know, when we get to that point. But 
nonetheless, man, hey, a, a big win tonight. Uh, yeah. I know we're excited talking about this one. And so I want to quickly turn it over to you as we approach the 40-minute mark here. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we go ahead and look forward uh, to tomorrow's game, which actually the Cubs can split the series now thanks to tonight's win? Yeah, how, how incredible would that be that we can actually get out of a series um, <laughs> with a split? I mean, it's not a series win, but hey, we'll take a split. I mean – didn't look like this is even possible the way the first two games after the first two games. So, um, and the way that they went, uh, final thoughts, I guess, for this one, I'd say, I believe it, well, it was nice to see, obviously the offense. It was incredible to see. And, you know, it's great that we're, we're getting back to where we need to be. The team's finally starting to hit again. And, uh, you know, one other thing that I think I saw was, um, Anthony Rizzo, I think Pat Hughes mentioned this on the radio. So my cousin was neighbors with Phil Cavaretta mm-hmm. and my nanny, which is Italian, it's grandmother for, or it's, you know, Italian for grandmother. But uh, she got an autograph of Phil Cavaretta's. And, you know, he was the old Cubs player. He, he, he was a manager too, first baseman. Mm-hmm. Um but anyways, Anthony Rizzo tonight, I believe he, with his extra base hit, with his triple, Tony triples. Um, Tony triples. Yeah, we got to stick with that now all season. I can't believe he's hitting this many triples. That's crazy. Um, he has tied, I believe he tied Phil Cavaretta for 10th most all-time, or 10th most in Cubs history for extra base hits with 532, I want to say. Wow. So. And that happened tonight. So that was the last thing I wanted to mention because I think it's it's just a cool stat that Rizzo's, you know, he's 10th all-time in Cubs history now in extra base hits. So, yeah, um, that's about it, man. So it's great to get a win now. Back in the win column. We're keeping the Craig Kimbrell uh, profile pick, and let's keep it going. I love that. And, yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's one of those things with tonight's game, like you said. It's just it's nice to see a complete team win. Uh, they did a lot of good stuff. Only a game under 500 now. Uh, you're unfortunately tied with the dreaded St. Louis Cardinals, um, but they're six and four in their last 10 where the Cubs are one and nine in their last 10. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Brewers lost today, which was cool, uh, but the Cubs are still eight and a half back um, ultimately. So it'll be interesting again, at least if you get in the win column, you take it one game at a time. You never know where this team could be in a couple of weeks. Do I think they still don't sell off a couple pieces? Well, I think they still do. I think Kimbrell's probably gone. Yeah. Um, especially after Buster Buster Only's tweet uh, yesterday, well, almost. I was going to ask you about that. Almost, <laughs> almost two days ago, because we're approaching the midnight hour here. But, um, geez, we've been on for a while. We have. Um, but about you know him being the hottest name on the trade market this year. Which, if that's the case, then I hope the Cubs kind of sell him, even if they're still kind of in contention, just for the sheer sake of like, you got enough high leverage arms in this bullpen that can at least like replace him quote unquote enough mm-hmm. to be like worth it um but if he can draw you a couple of like top 100 prospects or even even top five and six guys in a team's like arsenal of prospects um you do it <laughs> like you do it especially if you can get a guy that's close to the major league level like you get a guy that's in triple a this year and maybe he's chilling down in triple a for the whole year but coming into 2022 like he's mlb ready fuck yeah you go for it why not yeah. um 
you know, so I think, but at the same time, you know, it'll at least be nice if the Cubs can stay in contention. Cause then I don't think they do a full blown blow the thing up. You know, they, they really truly then will start to assess, okay, Hey, who's really, do we want to be a part of this future and who do we not want to be a part of this future? And then that's who they'll decide on who's, you know, selling off and things like that. So I I'm intrigued to see, you know, how that rolls. But again, like you said, they got one, you're back in the win column, your game back under 500. You can get there tomorrow with a win. You can split the series, uh, and, and and things can be good. So we will go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll quickly move forward here. Um, but like we said, uh, the Phillies and Cubs are back at it again for game four of this series. It is the last game uh, before the Cubs will welcome these dreaded St. Louis Cardinals to town over the weekend. Uh, but 7.05 start yet again here, Central Daylight Time at beautiful Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois. Um, if you are listening in the or watching in the Phillies market, it, you can listen 94 whip or WTTM 1680 or your radio stations. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia is where you can watch. As for Chicago, the usual suspects, 670, the score, WRTO 1200, and Marquee Sports Network for there. And then if you are out of market, uh, ESPN will also be carrying this game uh, for a little Thursday night baseball um, between the Cubs and Phils. For the Phillies, they will be trotting out right-handed pitcher Zach Eflin. Uh, he is 3-6 and six on the season with a 413 ERA and 89 strikeouts. As for the Cubs, they will be trotting out the young, promising right-hander Edward Alzale. Uh, despite a 4-8 record, he has a 448 ERA, which – isn't totally atrocious um and 76 k's we've we've seen some of the 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 bright spots of what alzale can hopefully be in the future Mm so joey i will turn it over to you sir a little preview thoughts on tomorrow's game uh and a fly the w pick before we go ahead and get out of here uh and wrap up the cubs getting out of a losing streak yeah getting out of a losing streak is huge let's keep it we'll keep it rolling keep it rolling um jump on them early same thing gotta be the same strategy here uh, I mean, it should be every night, to be honest with you. Like, there should be no change in every single night, every single game. It should be try to jump on them early. I would like to see – the lineup's not going to change uh, much, I don't think. It's going to change, but not much, I don't think, uh, from what it was tonight. Uh, I really want Nico Horner up towards the top. You know, I know that it's hard to change things when it's successful one night. You don't want to change things too much. You want to kind of keep it the same. I just really think that he's the type of dude that you put him towards the top of the lineup. I don't even care if it's like uh, unconventional. I would be okay with him hitting maybe even fourth in the lineup. And that sounds unconventional, right? He's that much of like a contact hitter, clutch type of hitter, I think, that when guys are in scoring position, he's going to hit them in. So if you have a two-out situation in the first inning, but there's a guy on second base – or whatever he's gonna, I think he's gonna hit that guy in. I really have confidence in that. So I would put him up towards the top of the lineup. You know, it's good to see Rizzo getting it going again, and uh, guys like that. Wilson swinging, he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, Jock, you know, all these guys. I think against Eflin, I'm gonna go with a left-handed bat. I'll probably go with. Uh, I, I'm see. I wanted to go with Chris Bryant because I know he's got good numbers against him. He does. But I'm not gonna. I, I'm I'm worried that he might not be in the lineup tomorrow too. Fair. So that's why I'm not gonna do it. I. I, I mean, I, hey, you can take him and have a backup. That's okay. We'll we will allow it if you want to go KB. But if KB's not in the lineup, then this guy. No, I'll just refrain from KB. If you want to take him, I'll let you take him. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna refrain from KB for now. I'm gonna go with Jock Peterson. 
Mm. So he had a solid game tonight, and I think he just keeps it going. Why not? He's kind of like guy that just gets streaky. Mm-hmm. When he gets going, he gets going. And why not? Why not just keep it going here against Zach Eflin, who who's not a bad pitcher. He's really a pretty decent pitcher. So we we gotta you gotta work your counts against him, but also jump on him in the first inning. Let's not let them get any momentum going early on. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, man. Yeah, I, I think tomorrow's game is going to be interesting. Like you said, it's managers don't like to stray away when things worked tonight uh, the way they did in terms of the lineup construction. But um, I agree with you, though. I, I, I think Nico Horner is a guy that does well at the top of a lineup. Um, I think his prime position is either one or two, I think, truthfully, mm-hmm. in a lineup. Uh, I know, you know, given how the way that baseball has evolved, you know, people want their number two hitter to kind of be like that guy. Obviously that's why Chris hits there a lot, but maybe then that's why Nico becomes a leadoff guy. You know, you let him get on base for a guy that's, you know, a Chris Bryant and a hobby buys and the Anthony Rizzo that are run producers in those kind of two, three and four hole in, uh, you know, situations. I think, you know, like you said, kind of unconventionally don't cancel me internet. Don't cancel me Cubs fans. Just hear me out and understand my example, but think back to 2016 when Addison Russell hit in the five hole was never a really monster power hitter, but a guy that could get contact on the ball and drive in runs. I think he only had like 22, 23 home runs that year, but he had almost 100 ribbies. I mean, he was just – he drove guys in. Like that's what he did in that final. I look at at Nico Horner as – I think there's more power there. Like I think he's going to hit hit 20 home runs in a season. Yeah, it's coming. It's absolutely coming. I think it, it absolutely has to. I mean, you can just tell by his physique. Like, he's put on the muscle mass, and yeah, he's got mm-hmm. pop. I mean, he showed it a little bit, you know, in his first stint with the Cubs in 19. Um, yeah. Last year was just a bad year for him. I think, you know, just a lot of unlucky. I mean, again, he, he had a lot of hard hits. It's just, unfortunately, they were always at dudes, and he really couldn't <laughs> get anything going. But, yeah, man, I mean, really, like, I, I can see Nico stepping up. I know, um, you know, there, there have been plenty of people on the internet talking about Nico Horner is going to be a, a future all-star. And I think that's going to be the case. I think his average is going to stay high enough where you're in and you're out. He's a guy that, you know, is among the top at his position, whether that's second, whether that's short, whether that's wherever the hell he's playing, you know, that is going to be talked about because of his average. And, you know, again, if you put him in, you know, positions to be successful, whether that's maybe as a leadoff guy, you know, maybe his RBI numbers aren't great, but you know, the home run numbers are there and, you know, the run scored numbers are there. Or you put them a little lower in the lineup, maybe a six even. You give them those opportunities to drive guys in with the contact bat, like you said, Joey. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I think the whole Nico Horner being an all-star thing isn't total bananas. I think there's there's a lot of truth to that potentially, you know, in 2022 and beyond. But I think right now, I agree with you. I'm, I'm for him being moved up in the lineup, even if it is unconventional, even if it's for just a game. Maybe a game where you give a guy like a Rizzo or a Bryant a night off. You know, you can mm-hmm. kind of get a little weird with the lineup. And I we've seen Ross do that a little bit uh, so far this year. Um, I, I wouldn't be totally against that. Uh, I am going to pick KB uh, as my fly to the W player because, as you mentioned, uh, he has a 615 career average and 13 at bats against Eflin. So that's hard to ignore because uh, everybody else on the roster, uh, the only player that even sniffs KB's average uh, is Wilson. He's two for five in his career. Uh, so good for a 400 average. Everybody else is either a three, three, 333 or lower um, concerning those that have actually seen Eflin in this lineup. Uh, but like to your point, God forbid KB is not in the lineup for some reason tomorrow. Maybe Ross just wants to give him the night, let him chill, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Nico 
who we were just talking about, I think he is a good fly the W pick. I think Nico has a good night. Uh, it'll be blasphemy if he's not in the lineup either. Um, I might riot. Wait, so I this might... is your backup or is this your This guy? is my backup. This is my backup. Okay. Nico's my backup. I'm going to go KB for sure. So KB's in the lineup. I'm, I'm, I'm riding the 2016 MVP uh, to a fly the W point, but um, God forbid that KB is not in the lineup. Uh, I really do like Nico. Um, you know, just everything that we talked about tonight, he was two for four, uh, just, gets it done, plays good defense. Um, I, I think he's a player that, you know, if KB's not in the lineup tomorrow, we'll have a big reason if they do win and split this series ultimately. So um, right. that will certainly be something good. Whew. Well, sir, this was a fun episode, man. Hey, Ron, it's, real quick. It's been a good, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but we didn't talk about Javi, I don't think. And Javi, he, not. he was scratched. I don't know if people, he they might was. be listening to this, they missed the game or something, but he sure. was scratched. No, but, good uh, point. Thumb, I think. Yes. So uh, it was a thumb. Uh, reports seem that it is that same thumb that was bothering him from earlier in the year uh, that he messed up a little bit. Just sounds sore. He was available off the bench tonight. It just sounds like they just wanted to give him a, a blow. Obviously, they like Alcantara enough to you know feel comfortable yeah. playing him at short. With Nico back too, I think you feel a little better. You got that middle, you know, up the middle depth now that that Nico's off the IL. Um, so again, it, it sounded like it was just a maintenance day for Javi. I kind of expect the Javi to be back in the lineup tomorrow, assuming that thumb feels better. Um, but you know, potentially could get another day off if they start looking ahead to that Cardinals series um, on starting on Friday. So yeah, for those that are listening, good point. Uh, I appreciate you bringing that up, Joey. Um, Javi was scratched from tonight's game. He was supposed to start. He was supposed to bat third um, and play short, obviously. Um, but he was ultimately scratched. Alcantara filling in at short, um, and then they moved the lineup around a little bit, and you know, yeah. and it worked. So fuck it. Yeah, well, two kids shit now, right? They got the dub, even without their hottest bat, because Javi's actually been playing really well. I was just lately. gonna say, man, he's uh, been killing it lately. So yeah, I, when I heard that on the radio, because I missed the first couple innings, I was on my way home from work, and I heard that he scratched with the. I'm like, what? No, yeah. like, come on. This is the one guy that is actually doing something, and he's yeah. scratching the lineup. So immediately my thoughts went right to the tank. I'm like, come on, what is going on here? Yeah, immediately I was like, ah, well, my fantasy team's going to suffer and not get any points tonight. But Nico filled in for him on my fantasy team tonight and did just fine. So I was at least happy about that. There you um, go. But, yeah, no, Javi, Javi's uh, hot streak has, has really uh, delighted uh, fantasy baseball owner Ron Luce. Um, over the last like week or so, because Lord knows I need it. I'm on like a, I finally got a win last week after like a four game losing streak. It's, it was best. yeah, it was, it wasn't great, but well, sir, this was fun. This was the first show that you and I got to do together. This was your yeah. second Cubs on tap. Now, second. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's it it's cool. It's cool, man. I yeah. had fun, you know, uh, obviously, you know, talking baseball with you, talking Cubs and oh yeah. Always again. You know, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we got a we got a W doing the post game together. So it's true. We are one to know, and I will keep a mental note of that. When you know, if if a three game losing streak or something happens, I'll be like, hey, hey, Joey, I need you tonight, man. We're we're giving yeah. everybody else. A hey, I would like to say too, when I did it with Cody, they won the game too. So, so I'm not saying I'm two and zero. Hey, that's all I'm you, saying. You ride that to the bank, man, because I. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you how many losses I've done this season. It's been pretty miserable. But well, when you do okay. like every game, I think that's it's probably- yeah. 
it's 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 one of those things where like when your sample size is as large as, as mine is unfortunately you're you're gonna lose pretty much just as many as you win uh unfortunately but yeah man i mean this was this was an absolute blast like you said you're two and oh which is pretty sweet we got to keep that streak going uh but before we do get out of here i do want to remind everybody that cubs on tap is the official cubs podcast of the on tap sports network go ahead and check out all of our great coverage over at www.ontapsports.com and at on tap sports net on social media uh you can also follow the pod specific accounts here for Cubs on tap. We are at Cubbies. That's C-U-B-B-I-E-S on tap. Uh, we're on both Twitter and Instagram there. I am at loose on tap on Twitter. Joey is at the riot three twenty six on Twitter. Yes. It looks like uh, Ryan Terrio because I, you and I've talked about this. It, it has a little bit, something to do with that. Um, yeah. But you can follow both of us there. You can also follow all of our other great contributors at Juice on Tap, at Cody on Tap, at Joe Maris, at Marty Laval, and so many more um, here at Cubs on Tap and the On Tap Sports Network. Also, not only great Cubs coverage, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, and Cubs fans, let's not fool ourselves. All of us have at least one friend that likes the White Sox. You go ahead and bring them over to us as well because our buddies over at Socks on Tap do an excellent job covering the Southsiders. So once again, you can find us www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Whew. I haven't done it that fast in a while. I, I didn't know if my uh, <laughs> lung capacity was going to be able to keep up with that one. But like said, hey, the, when you do it enough times like I have, dude, it's just it's literally just muscle memory at this point. Um, and I, I know everybody always gives me crap. They call me the Pat Sajak of, uh, of these podcasts. Cause it just spews out and just cause I like to talk a lot. It's, it's, uh, I'm finally using something that I used to get criticized for growing up, uh, about talking too much, uh, to an advantage, uh, and using it on these podcasts, you but found, Joey, you found your gift. Hey, you, know, you found your gift. I like you're, you're like a Cubs auctioneer, you know? Yeah, I, I can't I can't talk that fast though. If I could, that would be impressive. I can't do that though. I'll run out of <laughs> I'll run out of air in about 15 seconds if I tried to do something like that. But um no, nonetheless, man, this was a blast. Uh again, Cubs winner tonight. Cubs went eight to three over the Phillies. Uh they break their eleven game losing streak. Thank God, because I don't think any Cubs fan can mentally handle them getting to twelve. Uh once again from Ron Luce, Joey Ricotta. Joey, what do you say? We get out of here the only way we know how to, my man. Let's go, Cubs. Oh.